You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. If I were to tell you that I believe that I know something that will help you uh, navigate your future, may help you make way better decisions than you've ever made in your life, that would cause you with confidence to step out and obey God. Would you, would you want me to share it with you? If I've done something for 30 years, at first by accident, at first by accident, and then found it in the Word, and then have practiced something for 30 years, that literally has in some occasion saved me from accidents. Saved me from being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And when I was listening real good, when I was doing it on a regular basis, uh, kept me out of situations or put, kept me out of situations that would be bad for me or put me in situations that would be good for me, for this church, for this ministry, and for even the people of this church. You know, um, today uh, I'm going to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I'm going to do it like nobody's opposed to it, and everybody ought to be doing it who is a born-again believer. You're at Cornerstone Word of Life Church. And this is what we believe. Not on paper only. Not just in our statement of faith. This is how we live. And I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost that this is not a subject that you can push off to the side or put in a back room. I am not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I am not ashamed of the one who brought me out of the mess that I was in. And I really, to, to tell you the truth, when I first got filled with the Holy Ghost, um, I just was, I'll just tell you the truth, I was in love with praying in other tongues. I didn't know why I liked it so much. I would pray in the morning when I was getting ready to go to work. I'd pray all the way to work, and then I'd do my work, and then I'd get in my car and start doing it all over again. And I would eat my food so fast that I could get back to it, and I didn't know what it was doing for me. Amen. And I can teach you so many things. And really, you know, um, there's just something that you've got to know. Now listen, let's back up a little bit. So in James chapter number 3, let's look there. And we're going to look at this again. Verse, I mean, I'm sorry, James chapter 4, verse 13. James chapter 4, verse 13. It's not my notes today, but we're going to start there. Go to now, you that say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city. Continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know what shall be on the morrow. How many of you know in the natural, you don't know what tomorrow holds? There's no way you as an individual can, can know what tomorrow is. I, I've said this many times as I've taught this. The devil doesn't even know tomorrow. Now, I lost almost all of you on that because you believe that he does. He knows some things, but if he would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He don't know. He tries to make you think he knows. 
Yeah, but what about all them fortune tellers? They know your past. They're trying to make a future for you and get you to believe it. Come on, I, I don't know if Chloe's on anymore or what her name was um, way back in the day, but I know they're popping up again. And California, don't be mad at me if you're from California, but they all seem to be from out west. I don't understand that. Maybe they're eating too much gra uh, grass food, whatever they eat out there. I don't know. I don't know. What, something. And so, uh, anyway, forgive me if you're from California. I love it. Sorry, Lonnie and Dana, if you're watching. I love it. It's a great place. Glad you're there. And so, uh, but anyway, um, how, the devil don't know. One person knows. And you can know. Now listen, let's go on. He says, you don't know what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little while and vanishes away. And, and don't do it if you're at a funeral and someone uses this and, and proving that God took this person because that's not what, this is not a life and death, you know, dead scripture. This is a where you're going to live scripture and what you're going to do scripture. This has nothing to do with living or dying. You don't know what your life is. It's a vapor that appears for a little while, vanishes away. So even if you live 80 to 120 years, for what you ought to say, everybody say, what I ought to say. If the Lord wills. Everybody say, if the Lord wills. Now, I know against, that goes against some of you word people. You think, well, everything, I can never say whatever, I don't know the will of the Lord. Or uh, The written word of God is the will of God for you. But you don't know your future. And so you need to ask him. Even Jesus prayed, Lord, not my will. But what? Your, be, your will be done. If you don't pray that prayer, then you're going to be doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, whatever feels good, you're going to do it. The truth of the matter is you've got to consecrate yourself just like Jesus consecrated himself. Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. And so you ought not be making all the decisions of your life. As a matter of fact, you ought not be making very many on your own. You ought to be making them with him. Because he's the Lord. And he knows your tomorrow. And he wants to position you for where you want to be. So what you ought to say, everybody say, what I ought to say, if the Lord wills. I'm going to live and do this or that. But you got to go back to verse 13 and find out what he's talking about. He's talking about, don't say today or tomorrow we'll go to this city and continue there and live and buy and sell and get gain. For what you ought to say, if the Lord will, we'll live. And everybody say, I'm going to do this and that. But I'm going to do what the Lord's this and that is. See, you can do your own this or that, but you need to do what the Lord's this or that is. How many of you know God's plan is better than your plan? The steps of a righteous man are what? They're ordered. But that doesn't mean you're going to walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 says he's prearranged for you a good life. Now listen, you got to understand this because this is the problem. That people often think, well, the will of the Lord is always just done in my life. And they'll th say things like, well, I just believe. Well, there we're, we're, we're in trouble right there. Well, I just believe. They're about to tell you their thing. But what they ought to say is the Bible says. Anytime we start with, well, I just believe. Oh, we're on shaky ground. Because you're about to tell me something that you don't have word for. Well, I just believe. <laughs> and what they just believe is, I just believe whatever happens is meant to happen. Que sera, sera. Oh, for whatever being translated in Spanish just then, I got one. Hallelujah. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Oh, that, by the way, we have Spanish interpretation. We're going to have it both services from now on at 9 and 11. So if you have any Spanish-speaking friends, 
They can come right here to Cornerstone Word of Life and get some Espanol right in their ear as I preach. Praise the Lord. Pray for those that are interpreting, especially when Robert's speaking, taking up the offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, but everybody I, I, I said the will of the Lord must be done. And so a lot of people believe just case or all, whatever will be, will be. And so they leave it, I, uh, I heard it called this way, a no-fault religion. In other words, none of it's my, my, my responsibility. But the truth of the matter is that God has given us a will and we make decisions. The will of God is not always done. Because if it's always done, then everybody be saved. Because it's will that none should perish. Now listen, it's his will that you be healed. But everyone doesn't receive their healing. It's his will that you be blessed, but everybody didn't walk in the blessing. And it is his will as a born-again believer that you be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence speaking in other tongues. But everybody isn't because they don't know the will of the Lord or they, they haven't uh, um, had revelation properly given to them of how they can be. But my point to you is that um, you can't just... Put this all off on God. He has a plan for your life. He has a future. Now listen, if he requires me to know what city to be in, and he requires me to know whether to do this or that, then it is unfair and unjust of him, and that is something he will never be accused of. If you know him, you know that. He'll never, ever be accused of being unjust or unfair. But if he requires me to know what city to live in, what to be doing, this or that, then he's, got to, he's obligated. Now, I'm just going to get strong in this room. I'm telling you, I'm going to get rid of your gray. I'm going to get rid of your gray. He is obligated to tell you. If he requires me to know, if he's going to judge me on it, he's required to tell me what to do, this or that, and where to be. He required Elijah to go to the brook called Cherith. Not just to pick one. He told him which one to go to because that's where the ravens were dropping off the meat and bread. The blessing of the Lord is for you somewhere. Your career, your business, a city, and there's seasons of it, and you need to be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. People ask all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? I believe it's because good people who love Jesus have not been taught the fullness of the Word of God. And even those of us who had, we got to make sure that we don't miss it, that we don't pay attention. And so I've been giving you word. Now listen, it starts with this. It starts, number one, if you want to hear from God, you first got to believe that you can. Now a lot of times when you people start teaching on how to hear from God, they'll start with where I'm starting today. Or they'll say, well, you just need to fast. Um, or you need, you, know, you need to get quiet. But all those things are good and important, and we might get to some more of those kind of things. But... This is a spiritual thing, and so you, the only way you can receive spiritual things is to have faith. You didn't get born again until you heard. You didn't get born again until you believed. You didn't walk in physical healing until you heard, until you believed something. You, you don't walk in the blessings of the Lord until you heard and believed something did something. Are you with me? 
And so now with this, you've got to hear and you've got to believe. So the first thing we told you is that um, it is the will of God that you hear from him. It's required of you, and, and this is how you get confidence. John chapter 10 says, I am his sheep. Everybody say, I am his sheep. I know his voice. I'm not trying to learn his voice. I know his voice. I know his voice. Say, I know his voice. And because I know his voice, I also know the voice of a stranger. Because you got other people and other things trying to lead you. And so uh, when my wife calls, she does not have to identify herself. I mean, I know it's the day of the iPhone, and so this doesn't really make as much sense because, you know, when it comes up, it's Rhonda. But if I didn't even look at it, how I many you know, I, if she's yelling at me in the house, I don't have to say, who are you? I want to tell you something funny. One time, this is really funny. We've been married a while, and uh, she was in bed, and she was asleep, and I opened the door, and I walked in, and she, she sat up, and she shook out, stood out her, her hand. She said, hi, my name's Rhonda. <laughs> and I said, she was asleep. She was sound asleep. And I opened the door, and she, she got up, in the bed, and she stuck out, hi, my, she's so polite. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, I'm Mark. I'm your husband. <laughs> anyway, but I know her voice. And I also know the voice of my shepherd. I know it. You do too. The time we pretend like we don't is when he corrects us. <laughs> but the same voice that corrects you is the same voice that directs you. Be careful when you say that wasn't the Lord nor I'm going to ignore that. Because the, the same voice you're ignoring is the same voice you want to hear. Praise the Lord. Told you I was going to be clear, crystal clear today. I guess hanging out with those mighty men yesterday got me all revved up. I don't know what it is. The truth is, though, that if God requires me to hear, then I need to hear. Where, or I, I, he's obligated to let me hear. So the first thing i got to do, i got to have faith. I know his voice. Because I'm a son of God, Romans 8, 14, I'm led by the Spirit of God. And then we begin to locate it. Y'all remember? Where is it located? God doesn't always have to speak out here. He didn't promise you a prophet. He didn't promise you a prophecy. He didn't promise you a dream. Oh, I know. Well, aren't those good? Oh, those are good. All, all should be more confirmation than the way you live. Don't go get mad. Some of you went quiet. Well, I believe in dreams. Well, I believe if God can't talk to you while you're awake, he'll try to talk to you while you're asleep. So every time you want to hear from God, you're going to take a nap? It's no way to live. It's available. Just because something's available doesn't mean it's God's highest and best. You have a perceiver. You've got the Holy Ghost. Oh, you know, everybody's all excited. They look in the Old Covenant. And they look at all the mighty acts that were done. We look back and we say, man, wish I'd have been around when Moses was there. Wish I'd have been there, see those birds bringing in that bread, you know, and that steak. Oh, man, that's awesome. You know, they're going to they're gonna track every one of you down. What was it like for God to live on the inside of you? What was it like to have a whisper in you, the voice of God? All day, every day. What was it like? They're going to track you down. It's going to be the opposite of what you think. I mean, God didn't live in them. They were servants. What was it like 
to be a son and a daughter, to have that covenant with God. What was that like? So we have this, this knowing on the inside of us. Everybody say, I have a witness. See, now you get good at that because a witness is different than a voice. Everybody's looking for something spectacular riding in the sky when there's a witness on the inside of you. And that the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit. The same way you know you're born again is how you learn to be led. And then we talked about your conscience. Oh, wasn't, hasn't that been fun? Come on, has that been good? Because if your conscience is the voice of your spirit, then remember there's two kinds of conscience we want. We want, anybody remember? Okay. Diamond, you want, what do you want? Come on. You don't want cloudy. So in your conscience, what do you want? Clear, not cloudy. Because clear means transparent. If my conscience is clear, then it's easier for me to hear. If my conscience is cloudy, then I'm going to do what? I'm going to lose confidence before God and I'm going to pull away from him. Listen to me, I know that it's nice for you to pray, well, Lord, I just want you to speak so loud I won't miss your voice. But you're not going to find a scripture to back that prayer up. He talks the way he talks. It's up to us to be clear. So your conscience has to be what? Come on now, the football fans, remember, come on, somebody remember, what's the other kind of conscience? What, what do we talk about? There's two other, what do we talk about? You, if you're a quarterback, you want a strong O-line, right? You, you, if you're a quarterback, you don't want a weak O-line, offensive line. Why? Because you don't want to be sacked. So the Bible talks about a strong and a weak conscience. If you have a weak conscience, that means it's easily overridden. It means it's easily, a weak conscience means it's easy, your conscience is easily overridden. That means you live life and somebody can say, just do this and you just do it. And you override your conscience and the longer you override it, it becomes seared. And a seared conscience cannot hear from the Lord and that can be done on certain subjects. Oh, come, are y'all Okay. Y'all okay? And, and what happens is that if, because when you got born again, the, the word of God says he wrote on your heart his laws. So your conscience knows to do right or wrong when you're born again. The Bible says, I like a modern translation, it's really like an umpire calling balls and strikes. And if you have a weak conscience and you override what the, what's going on in your conscience, which is the voice of your spirit, it will mess you up where you can't hear from God. Your conscience needs to be clear and strong. Come on. Everybody say, my conscience is clear and strong. Okay. So now that we have believed something, come on, I am his sheep, I know his voice. We know where God is talking to us. He's talking to your witness, your perceiver. It happened with Jesus in Mark 2.8. He perceived something. If it happened with him, it's going to happen to you. Perceive something. you got to know where this is taking place. It's taking place in your spirit. It's the Holy Ghost in you. You perceive something. And then with that, your born-again spirit has a conscience, has a voice, and it is Bearing witness. And we talked about that God likes two, but he really likes three witnesses. So what happens is this. When we make decisions in our life, most people are doing it on a one witness situation. 
What are they doing? They're being their own witness. The Bible says, lean not to your own understanding, your witness. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. You could say his witness or the witness of your conscience. If you acknowledge that and you go with that, what happens? Uh, he'll direct your steps. Who do you want to direct your steps? You want you to direct your steps? You want God to direct your steps? Has he laid out a good path for you? But he needs to direct you. I said he needs to direct you. Because if we make decisions, we're making, I, 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 I'm going to get to the other stuff, but I have to get here first. Uh, if we make decisions, we're making decisions based on what we can see. If you make a decision on what job to take, you're making a decision based on the amount of money they offered you, the benefits it has, and where you think the company's going. I'm in the right room. How you ought to make a decision is you ought to be led. Because you don't know what's on the morrow. But he does. And remember when we all do this? When we do something and it doesn't work out and then we'll say stuff like, I knew that. Did you know that? Well, if you knew that, why did you disobey that? Why? Because we're not confident in that. We're not taught to be confident in the witness. We're not confident to be taught our conscience, to follow it. Now, a lot of this stuff, I can honestly tell you, I stumbled upon. I was not taught. I stumbled on this. And I began to trust something on the inside that I, I really didn't have the teaching or the know-how to put into words. But now, 30 years later, I do. And I don't want you to have to stumble on it. I want you to walk in it. Because you live in an hour where you need to know what's on the morrow. You need to know more than ever where to be and where not to be. I would love to tell you your prayers of authority could change the whole world. But this is what Jesus said and you can't change it. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Or he could have said there could be terrorism and more terrorism. There's going to be earthquakes. <laughs> There's going to be famine. There's going to be stuff as the end of the earth comes. You know, I know they're all worried about climate change, and I'm not making fun of it, but it's all going to burn up. We're living in the last days, but it doesn't have to affect you, children of the light. Children of the light. A child of the light should know where to be and where not to be. Amen. And we can get really good at it. If we'll do, some of the th do the things I'm talking about. And so when we make decisions, how many of you know we've all got to make decisions? You can make uh, small decisions like where to go to lunch. But I'm telling you, even a small decision of where you go to lunch. Uh, if you go fast food Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you get a hamburger and french fries and a big old Coke every time, how many of you know that decision could show up? Somewhere. Even though you think it's not a big decision. But if you make that decision every day, my mouth just started watering. I don't understand. <laughs> I think with that, I saw a double cheeseburger, some tater tots, and a Route 44 cherry limeade. Anyway, so uh, go to Sonic. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> sorry, stay with me. All right. Uh, 
But then there are some decisions that are big. Let's talk about all the single po folks. I started to say po folks. No, uh, <laughs> we don't believe that. The single folks in the room. If you're um, the man or the woman, you're looking at a man, you know, um, you're, you know, you're deciding. But if you decide about them based on how they look, how much money they currently make in, what they drive, I'm just going to be bold. How good they are in bed. I don't not have to talk to a Christian about that, but I do. That's the way the world decides. We are not of them. And whether you like it or not, God knows he, he could tell Pastor Rhonda how dude's going to be in 25 years. How she, I could, he, he could tell me that because we were doing our thing and, and we didn't have time for somebody to mess us up. He both told us separately, even though she didn't like men at the time because she's mad at them all, <laughs> that he's going to be okay. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to move you up in this world. Hallelujah. Get her. You and I should not make decisions like the world makes. You have an advantage. Use it. It's kind of like the legal form of insider trading. You, you, you have someone on the inside who knows. Now, one of the best ways to do that, I know what I told you at the beginning because I wanted you to get ready. But I had to, now, if you believe all those things, now it is the will of God for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost if you're a born-again believer. Jesus, how many, anybody know who Jesus is? One of the things he is, John the Baptist told us, he said, behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins. I baptize you with water, which is under repentance, but he's going to baptize you. What does that mean? To fully immerse you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then Jesus told them, don't depart until you've been endued with power from on high. And they waited in the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a right, mighty rushing wind. And cloven tongues of fire. In other words, Jesus sat on them. Because he's the baptizer, the full immersion of the Holy Ghost and fire. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, you should get fire. Tongues is just an evidence. But the point is you need the fire of God. You need a full immersion in the fire. He's a fire from his loins down, from his waist down, and from his waist up. He is the fire. He's an all-consuming fire. And the day and hour we live in, we need Jesus to be the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire like never before. Lord, come on, you want to have a move of God? You can't have a move of God without the fire of God. You can't have a move of God without Jesus being a baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. If you get into his presence, what happens is people who don't want anything to do with him, they start worshiping Jesus and the Holy Ghost will come. And then when he comes, they don't, you, you can't come here, but he comes when you worship Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
It's the Holy Ghost, but he wants you to be full. It's the will of God. Listen to me, I don't know what you're talking. When I grew up, I heard all kinds of squirrely stuff. I heard that that's been done away with. But where I went to church, they said it was of the devil. My mom, when my sister and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, she thought that we were in some cult. She went to save us. Instead, she got saved. <laughs> and then I had my dad the whole time, grew up in a Pentecostal home. Knew everything about the scripture. But he grew up in a Pentecostal home that they did one thing at church and another thing at home. Praise the Lord at church. Then he didn't see it at home and he didn't want anything to do with it. But then we all showed him, especially my wife, we used to all get in a little corner and talk about the things of God. And Rhonda was like, quit doing that. Talk about God in front of him. And before long... He came back to the Lord, got filled with the Holy Ghost, graduated from Bible Institute. Now I'm looking over the banisters of heaven, looking down. Hallelujah. <laughs> you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to know about tomorrow. You need to know about tomorrow. So, listen, you can't go back and fix yesterday. I was talking about the single people. If you married, praise the Lord, you got the right one. And the Holy Ghost can help you work through it. Hallelujah. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolate, but I didn't like the chocolate I got. Too bad. Eat it. Don't put it back. <laughs> You're married now. Hallelujah. Work it out. Two born-again people, spirit-filled people who will walk in love, they don't have to get divorced. There's now no condemnation to anybody who ever did. All I'm saying. All right. Praise the Lord. I got to hurry up. Are you grateful that you can pray in the Holy Ghost? All right. Let's get there. So I had some notes. What did I do with them? I should look at them. Seriously, what did I do with them? All right. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Rhonda, are those my notes over there? All right, well, I don't need it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We left off kind of here last time. There they are. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Speaks not unto... But unto who? So let's stop here. So it's a heavenly language. It's a, it's a language. It's not gibberish. It's a language. But it's a language of heaven. And it's, it's your language to God. So when you pray in tongues, you've got to quit looking at it as a non-thing. It's a thing. It's a language. It's a heavenly language, and God understands it. And sometimes God inspires people when they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They heard them praising God in their own language. But it's not always that way. God can, how many of you know God knows every language? Sometimes I just wish he'd drop Espanol down on me. 
but because uh, it makes it easier when I go to Chile or wherever I go. But um, you have to learn your natural language, but your heavenly language is given to you. There's no learning it. In other words, if you ever go anywhere and you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and they say, repeat after me, don't. It's given from heaven. Utterance from the Holy Ghost. Right? If you don't understand this, we have a great book out in the bookstore. You can see Peter, one of the people out there in the bookstore. It's called, um, it's by Kenneth E. Hagan. It's called um, Beyond the Upper Room. The subtitle is Everything You'd Ever Want to Know About Tongues. Now, when he was, a lot, was uh, Brother Hagan was like Elvis. He released a number one hit after he went home to be with the Lord. And, uh, but he would, I don't think he would have ever allowed it to be titled Everything You Ever Want to Know About Tongues because he wouldn't do that. But it is Everything You'd Ever Want to Know About Tongues. It is the best book. So if you have any questions, you get that and you read that. And then we have people around here all the time, all of our altar workers. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you can see one of them. They'll be hanging in the back right there. You can go with, uh, to them and they can explain some things too. And you can get filled with the Holy Ghost today. You don't have to wait for a saturation meeting. You don't have to wait for a special meeting. Uh, it's a decision. Just like getting born again, it's a decision. And we can help you receive. And it's important. So one of the things I learned is it's a heavenly language. And so um, I began to believe that, and so I would make sure that I had time to talk to God in it. Now, at first I didn't understand everything about it. I just liked doing it. It was cool. <laughs> and it made me feel good when I was done. So I kept doing it more. And I even started reading my Bible. And while I was reading my Bible, then I'd pray in the Holy Ghost too. And then I start understanding more than I've ever understood before in my life. Because then I've later found out that the author of the Bible is the same one that's inspiring me to speak in other tongues. And so he knows both things going on at the same time. And it just became, I just had more revelation and more revelation. And I was understanding things. And I felt really good. Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith. And so as a lot of people, especially in our circles, teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues and it will build you up. And it's the initial sign. But then a lot of people just stop right there. But one of the things that happened to me is as I began to just do that, suddenly I had this inspiration. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. Let me finish this. It says, uh, speaks unto God, no man understands him, how be it in the Spirit. Everybody say in the Spirit. He speaks mystery. So let me tell you this before we move on. So tomorrow is a mystery. But I know someone who can solve your mystery. I know someone who can solve your mystery. You don't have to make decisions not knowing about tomorrow. He can, he can let you know. How's he going to let you know? Well, first of all, that there's something that, that happens in our kind of church. People often get a, a mistaken about public use of tongues versus private prayer life tongues. And I don't obviously have time to go into this in the next 10 minutes, but you need to understand that. And I, I've, I ministered along these lines on a Wednesday, I think it was in January, and so you can go back and look at some of it. But you've got to understand that um, in public, when a tongue is given, it must be interpreted. But for your prayer life, we, that's why, you know, um, we did it Friday night with the men's ministry. I didn't know who was all new. I said, but when we pray around here, we pray in tongues. So I just let them, and we just let her rip. We don't, you don't need an interpreter. But the great thing is, though, that in your private life, this scripture that I'm about to give you, if you'll believe this, things will start happening. 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue 
That, everybody say, that's me. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that's you. Pray that he may interpret. Well, I, didn't, I don't really necessarily want to interpret publicly. That's not what it's talking about. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, if I do what in an unknown tongue? Pray. My spirit does what? Where God lives. It's a heavenly language. If God lives in you and this is available for you, then you ought to get this. But my understanding is what? It doesn't touch my mind. So when I make decisions, I, I'm, not make, I'm leaning not to my own understanding. Oh, I'm helping you. I'm trying to help you. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. I sing in the Spirit, and I'll sing with my understanding also. A lot of times people say, they, they look at this, and I think they interpret it wrong. They think that it's separate. It's totally different. I'm going to sing a song in English or Spanish, and then I'm going to sing a song in tongues. I'm going to pray uh, in the Spirit, and then I'm going to pray in my own understanding coming out of my mind. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about that it, they're two interchangeable at the same time, going back and forth from a heavenly to a known, and if you can, that's why he said pray that you would interpret. Well, that's just for prophets. That's just for you, Pastor Mark. No, there, there's something that's, you can't do something publicly that you've never done private. The Bible talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. He said, speak to yourself in order to get filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, stay full. Uh, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And it will build you up. Then he says, admonish one another, speaking in psalms and hymns and spiritual. So you can't do, you, if you've never spoken a psalm, hymn, and a spiritual song privately, I doubt that you're ever going to do one publicly. And I think we're all so consumed about the public thing and so afraid that we're going to make a mistake. And, you know, I could get into some things here. Why do things happen the way? The larger the church is, most of the stuff comes from up front. Not because up front is better. It just keeps confusion down. It keeps people feeling safe. Because if you've ever been somewhere where it's small and everyone wants to prophesy over you all the time, you get kind of, kind of tired of that. That's why we don't let everybody go around prophesying over everybody around here. Not saying that you can't get a word and help somebody, but but if someone don't know you, they don't like you coming up going shandalada bahaya. Thus says the Lord. Who are you? Praise the Lord. Anyway, but I'm concerned that if we so let go of everything that we're not going to be spiritually here with this, and you need to be. I'm telling you, it is the will of God that you be filled with the Holy Ghost. Tongues is the initial evidence. But let's move beyond that, and let's get a benefit. And one of the benefits is when I pray in the Holy Ghost. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I can interpret. I can honestly tell you, my wife can tell you, that if we didn't know how to do this, we may not be here right now. Um, the Lord is gracious. When you, believe, when you really believe this, you can begin to pray things out. Now listen, listen to me. If you never interpret, that's fine. Because the truth of the matter is, there's also that something that's going on. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, what's praying? Where's your answer? What are you praying? A language that has meaning. It's not gibberish. It's a real language. 
a real language has what? Words and meanings. Even if you don't interpret it, those words came from somewhere. Have you ever just been just going along, maybe even, and maybe you didn't even relate the two, but you're just going along, and suddenly answers begin to drift up. I know what to do. Perhaps you prayed that out. Where does it drift from? I'm not talking about drifting from up here. It just, you suddenly have an assurance of what to do. Where did that come from? I believe the more you pray in the Holy Ghost and the more your spirit knows, the clearer it is. But see, you can't start here because also what happens is because praying in tongues sometimes will also give you a perception, a knowing of what to do. Now, how often should you do it? Well, you know what? One of the great things about praying in other tongues is because your mind is not hooked up. You can pray with driving, both eyes open. And sometimes the traffic around here, and I understand it's about to get worse, is maybe it'll keep you calm. And you can know things. I think some people wait to be inspired to pray in the Holy Ghost when I've done everything else and I can't, I don't know what else to do and I give up and I'm just going to pray finally in other tongues. No. Do it all the time. Now, I'm not telling you to pray in tongues at Walmart while you're shopping. You can do it on the inside, though. I'm not saying when you're out at lunch and, you know, you're, you grab hands with everybody at the table and do a, you know, I, I don't know. That's probably not wise. Unless you got bad food. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I am saying that you should do this regularly. And put some faith with it. I'm just going to answer somebody's question here. Well, I've tried to get filled, but I just don't believe it's for everybody. They say, I've tried to get filled, but I just don't believe it's ever for everybody. I've tried to get filled, but I just don't believe. What are you saying? You've tried. Never, don't try, do. And I don't believe it's for everybody. Well, that disqualifies you. Because the devil will always tell you you're the everybody it's not for. And it, I mean the baptism, because the Holy Ghost is not an it, he's a he. Don't let someone's doctrines of men keep you out of something that you need for the last days. You know what? When I was a little boy, I always worried about being popular. When I was in junior high, I was very popular. Suddenly when I was a freshman, I was very unpopular mess with me. But you know what? The longer I've done this, I just don't really care if I'm popular. I'm, I care that I'm pleasing to one. And he told me to tell you this today because like, Lord, we don't do that. They, people don't do that anymore. You need to hear this. I know in our church, almost everybody's filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet, you know, I know uh, if you're in this room and you're not, and maybe you don't understand, 
You don't have to take my word for it. You can take God's word for it. But I guarantee you, can I get a witness? Being filled with the Holy Ghost will change your life. And you can learn to pray out mysteries. You can learn to pray out mysteries. You can learn, I didn't get anywhere in my stuff. <laughs> I didn't get anywhere. But I got everywhere. I need, I need you positioned. And those of you who are, have been filled, I, I need you to get back after it. I, I need you to spend some time. The Lord wants to spend some time. And you prayed in the Holy Ghost. Do it on purpose. Do it on purpose. Uh, not just as an add-on, but on purpose. In other words, with faith. Mixing faith with it. And, and not waiting until you just get in trouble. When you've done everything else. But, but you, you're going to mix some faith with it. You're going to hear from heaven. When you pray, you know that you can interpret. You know that God can show you things. And even if you don't get it, you know that, that you prayed in a heavenly language and, and something could bubble up. And when that does, your perceiver knows things. Uh, pray. Now listen to me. And then you pray the word. Obviously, God's put his word above his name. So the word is the most important. Uh, if you need wisdom, what did we say last week? Ask the Lord for wisdom. But see, when you pray and ask the Lord for wisdom and you've said amen, then hook your heart up with that because wisdom comes from heaven. Wisdom will come from his word. Sometimes we pray in the Holy Ghost and a scripture will pop up to you. Um, uh, not, don't try to duplicate this, but a lot of times the Lord will give me an address of a scripture. I'll be laying in bed trying to go to sleep and I'll get an address of a scripture, something I've been talking about. And, and, um, and, and I don't even know what's in that scripture, but I know I'm supposed to go look up that scripture. Or that passage. And I'll read it. And right in there, there'll be an answer. A lot of times now, Pastor Rhonda, when, when I get up out of bed, she'll say, what would he say? Because she's so used to me getting stuff that she wants to know what he said. And, you know, it's, it's cool. <laughs> and he'll answer you from his word. And he'll answer you in your heart. But you've got to give him that place. You gotta make that, you gotta give him that time. You've got to connect your spirit to his spirit. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're getting that done. I don't know if I did a good job today. Just tried to get you out. I'm just really trying to stir y'all up. Come on. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, start praying more in the Holy Ghost. Start understand that this is a benefit that God's given you. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and you've got questions, don't just say, I don't understand. Get the answers. Get the answers. It is the will of God for every born-again believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is still the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. The last time I looked, he was still the head of the church. And if you take that away and say it's passed away, you're taking something that he did after he was resurrected away from him. What's next? He's no longer going to be the high priest. What's, what's next? His, his blood on the mercy seat doesn't work anymore? Be careful what you start removing that the Bible says is ours. And be careful not, but I don't want to get comfortable. I can't get comfortable without him, the Holy Ghost. 
And when you start removing things the Holy Ghost does from your daily life, from your church life. Come on, people wonder, if you remove him from your church life that way, what's to... Why is anybody surprised that he's removed from your personal life? Why why were you surprised? You put him in the back room, the Holy Ghost, in the back room during church. Well, he's going to be outside at home. And then when we get in trouble, then we call on him, but we're not used to working with him. He can put you at the right place at the right time. He can give you the right deals at the right time. He can tell you when to open a business and when not to open a business. He can say, I know he, girl, I know he looked good, but you run. Or he can know, he can say, hey, hombre, uh, you better snag her. She's not going to be on the market for long. She's a good girl. She's my daughter. Or, or say to the girl, you know what? Uh, he may not have, he may not look like uh, Rambo, but but <laughs> or whatever you think you like, but girl, he, he will take care of you. He will love you like I love you. You better get him. I, that's just plain. But see, that's how we make decisions in the body of Christ. Somebody offers you a job, $180,000 a year and every benny you, you could ever dream of, and you're like, sign me up, but on the inside, something's saying, don't do it, don't do it. You're going to move your family, and it's going to fall apart. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So what should you do? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Stick with the 100 k you're making and be happy. Pastor Mark, you preach increase all the time around here. It's just a no-brainer. You just take the money. No, that's not what we teach. You're money-minded, and we do not teach that. You make your decisions not based on money. You make your decisions based on leading. Amen. Well, my spiritual father used to call this a splatter gun. What is that? It's like a shotgun with many things in it, and it just went everywhere. And you just grab a hold of which one you needed. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.